everybody, this is Mind Your Money with Miss Be Helpful, the show that highlights people and stories that will inspire you to get your money right. Today, I'm so excited to have a fellow Dominicana up on the show. Shout out to you for joining me today, Sirenis. How are you? Hey, thank you so much for having me, Yaneli. Of course, I had to include you. So Sarenis is one of the um, financial influencers and we met on Instagram, but I also um, had been messaging her for a while before and then we met in person at FinCon and like, forget it, her energy that you see on all of her platforms, social media, on YouTube, on her Instagram, that is exactly how she is in real life. And I was just like, all right, girl, I got to have you on the show because uh, Dominicana love, but your energy is just amazing. So I'm so happy to have you. I'm so excited to be here, too, and congratulations on your new podcast as well. Oh, love you. seeing Dominicanas winning over here. Yeah, girl, we do. We got to do it. You know, take advantage of this coronavirus <laughs> free time I got over here. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, okay, so for those of you out there listening who have not heard of Sirenis, Sirenis is a uh, financial um, blogger. She is also has an Instagram and a YouTube. Um, I mean, I could talk about you, but actually, why don't I let you, Sirenis, why don't you tell them about your brands and about what you do? Yes. So I'm millennial Latina mom. I have my platform, the poise finance and lifestyle. Well, I help a lot of millennial women find the balance between their finances and their lifestyle with poise. Mm -hmm. Trust me. I know how difficult it is. I'm a mom of two living in Southern California It is very expensive. <laughs> I have became debt free. Mm -hmm. I have, um, I have a background in financial planning. I have a degree in finance. I worked at Merrill Lynch, MetLife, Ameriprise. I know a lot about the financial aspect. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to millennial moms and millennial women, we have a very difficult time trying to balance the both with our li real life, you know, our goals, the things that we're trying to achieve, yeah. and also making sure that we're being financially responsible. I know how difficult that is. That's why I created this brand and this platform yeah. to share my tips, my blogs, my videos, whatever knowledge I have to help and inspire and motivate a lot of young women out there. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I, I think it's so perfect because I, I'm also a millennial woman, but I, and when I post about money and things like that, it's very much just from my perspective. I don't have, I have a boyfriend, but I don't have a husband. I don't have kids. And so I think sometimes when people come, they're like, but girl, your videos are great, but like, you don't talk about the kids and including everything. Well, I'm bringing Sirenis on the show because she has that perspective. You know, I cannot speak for moms. I can't speak for, you know, wives that are juggling, um, you know, with their husband, with their kids and everything in the house, but Sirenis can't. Okay, she can tell it like it is when it comes to the household. Um, but before we jump into her doing all of her, like talking about why she started uh, Poise Finance and Lifestyle, why she kind of decided to start um, supporting other women and talking to millennials about money, I have two fun questions I'd like to start with. Um, and so the first one is, what is a time that you made a purchase or maybe it was a, a service that you paid for or an experience that it was so expensive and to this day, girl, you just regret it. You wish you could take it back. That's a hard one. That's a really hard one because I've been practicing um, spending with poise and with purpose, making yeah. sure that I'm not buying anything that's not necessary. Yeah. But when it comes to expensive things, I would say the probably the one I had the biggest regret with was my first car. Mm -hmm. um, I got it right when my parents hit really hard times financially. We lost our home in 2008, 2009, actually, wow. I believe. So the, the crash, and the financial I, crash of oh, you don't know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, at that point, we lost our home. We were staying at our neighbor's house. And I was very depressed, very upset, frustrated at the whole situation. I felt like I was vulnerable. I was leading on my family mm -hmm. for everything that I needed. Mm -hmm. And I decided, you know what? I've been saving, working really hard. I went to community college. I was able to save a lot of money. Yeah. 
that way I got the Pell Grant. I was working full-time, yes. so not full-time, part-time. So I was able to save a lot of my coins yes. and I was ready to buy a car. And I went to the dealership with my parents and I was like, I want to buy a certified car, something that's safe, reliable, that I can rely on when I go to college and when I move to LA. Yes. I needed something, you know, secure, something not like sketchy, like a lemon or anything right. like that, just in case I needed to drive back home or anything. Mm -hmm. But the problem was that they would only accept it, accept me if, um, even though I had the cash, they would only accept my purchase if it was financed. And since I was so young, they said I didn't have any credit. I would have to have my parents to co-sign with me. Uh, and my dad just told me, uh, open and honest, no. I can't help you. I don't have any good, I don't have credit right now. Yeah. I can't help you. So I was really devastated. I had the money. I was like, I have the money. Here's the cash. Please take I it. I want a good they, car. I don't understand why they didn't let you pay cash if you had the cash. That's ridiculous. No, they told me that it had to be fully financed. And if I had the cash, I can just pay it up front um, to the lender eventually. Yeah. And I, I was a little skeptical with going to those uh, off-brand dealerships yeah. or getting um, going on Craigslist. I looked at Craigslist and I was a little concerned because yeah. a lot of those cars were like refurbished or something like that. You don't know the real story behind them. Exactly, yeah. And I was really in a tough situation. My neighbor, luckily, he had his attorney that was selling his car. He was getting position ready to buy a new car. And I trusted my neighbor. He told me that the car was a really good car. It was a Mercedes trusted brand. And I was like, you know what? This is a good brand. I trust you. It's coming from an attorney. He's probably taking care of his car. It's not like some lemon out there or anything crazy like that. So I paid for it up front in cash. Yeah. And it was a good investment at that point because I didn't go into debt over it. Right. I still had my job. Right. I was still going to school. My parents were still helping me with everything that I needed. But it wasn't until I went to college in LA and I was doing all that back and forth driving that I realized I couldn't afford the maintenance. It was the hidden costs mm. that were really killing me. My car actually broke down. The catalytic converter messed up, which is an wow. expensive piece for any car. But when it comes to luxurious cars, it's like ridiculously expensive. Girl, I don't even know what so, that is. What, what piece of the car broke? I don't even know what. <laughs> it's the part that, it's the bottom part that pretty much um, exhausts all the smoke uh, um, in the bottom of the car. So it's a, uh, it's doing like a little like racketing sound. Like, uh, that's how you knew. It was, that's how you knew that it wasn't right. Something was It wrong. wasn't good. No. Okay. And I had to go to a place that fixed only luxurious cars in LA. Uh, Luckily I was in LA yeah. and a lot of people have cars like that. So, so it was just too expensive. I had to go pooling my emergency fund, which was pretty much my student loans to help pay for that car. And then the second time it broke down, it was in San Diego and my boyfriend had to do the upfront cost. I was pretty much homeless, living at my friend's couch. I had no money. I was struggling. I was very stressed out if I had to use more money from my student loans, just make ends meet. And again, this is California, LA. You need a car. It's just not the same situation as New York or anything like that. You need a good car. And if I need to go to San Diego, it becomes very, very difficult. So, you know, it was really stressful because I'm just like, gosh, I paid the car up front in cash. It's not like I got into debt again, but it's just the hidden cost. Right. Yeah, I can afford the gas. I can afford the maintenance of all the stuff. But it's when the car actually started breaking down that I was like, oh, I, I can't afford this. That. This is yeah. new. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And again, that's why I did this infographic that I posted on Instagram, which I do a lot of little infographics here that kind of like shoot people down a little bit. But it was like, can you afford the hidden cost, not just the item? You know, same thing with houses. Yes. A lot of people say that, oh, I can afford the, the mortgage. Yes. But can you afford fixing the bathrooms, the maintenance, the HOAs, the Melon Rouge, the, the taxes, everything involved? There's a lot more to the just the mortgage. Yep. That's right. mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with the car. There's a lot more to a car than just the price on the ticket. Yeah. There's a lot of hidden costs. So that's yeah. probably the biggest regret that I have just because it was a, such a large expense. Yeah. If it wasn't such a large expense, I probably wouldn't be regretting it. Yeah. But because it was such an upfront expense and it was eating into my emergency fund um, that was pretty much uh, my student loans, that's why I, where the regret kind of comes in. Yeah. You're just like, ah, oh, yeah. that one killed me a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it hurts. It hurts even to today a little bit. Like, ouch, <laughs> that car. Well, okay, let's think about a time on the opposite side to cheer you up a little bit. A time that you spend a lot of money, yes, and maybe somebody else would think that it was too much. But for you, that expensive purchase, it was actually worth it. And you are glad that you spent all that money. So after that car situation happened and finally it died down, I was actually ready to be, I was in a position to actually afford a new car, which was an expensive car still because cars are expensive regardless. And it was actually, it was something that I could afford. And that was the difference. I could afford the hidden costs. I can afford the price tag, the monthly expenses. Um, One thing that I did with my new car was that, it wasn't a new car, it was a certified car that was leased out for like one year. So I got a completely amazing deal. And one way that I was able to reduce the interest on that car was that I actually prepaid all of the maintenance. Oh, wow. So that wouldn't be an issue. So that actually, I did that for the first five years of the car, owning the car. You could do that. So is it, do they like fix the cost and then you just like multiply it by the number of months you're going to have it? Or what if your maintenance ends up costing more than you prepaid? Like, how does that work? They pretty much give you a deep discount for having um, the maintenance all up front for the next five years. And they pretty much divided it throughout the whole loan. But it was such a deep discount that it ended up lowering the actual um, interest on the actual car because they know that you're actually protecting the investment. So it worked out very beautifully. It wasn't very expensive. It was like, I can't even remember anymore, to be honest, how much more it was. But it was definitely a good investment because they did everything. All I had to do was bring the car and that's it. I didn't have to worry about a bill or anything like that. And it's funny because my husband and I, we try to be rebels at times. and be like, we're going to get something that, you know, whatever, let's just do it. And God's like, no. No, it's not happening. Uh, um, what ended up happening was we, what a lot of people might, a lot of people don't realize is that we actually paid off all of our student loans before we made this purchase. We wow. cash flowed our wedding and we were now joining our finances together as a team and we had an emergency fund. So a lot of people don't see that this was not a crazy expense. This was a very planned expense. And what happened was um, I actually got pregnant a couple about a month after I bought the car so it was actually the smartest investment we did because now I had a safe and reliable car that had maintenance I didn't have to worry about or stress out about it became something that we're like wow looking back like wow that was actually worth it it was a good investment to make and it was something that was stressing us out because we were actually in a position to do it we were both working making good income and we reduced our debt so that's when it starts to make sense 
and that's smart. I think you 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 learn from the mistakes that you make because at the first car, you know, obviously you were dealing with the maintenance costs like crazy. So getting the second car, you're thinking like, all right, how can I not make that same mistake again? This car is certified pre-owned. I don't know the real story. Like, let's see if I can get myself to do something smarter about the hidden cost this time and prepaying the maintenance was that for you? So it does, you know, you don't, even the regrets, sometimes they come back and they help you a little bit, right? <laughs> exactly. So I learned a little bit. I learned a big lesson from the first regrets. So I wouldn't have the same regret in the next car. <laughs> That's right. Out there, people listening, watching this, like when you do make a mistake with money, it's not to beat yourself up about it, but, but take note. Okay. And don't do that same mistake again and again and again, because then you're just, you're not really going to see any results um, for the better. Um, I love those stories. I think a lot of people, when they when they have to talk about expensive purchases or regrets with money, it oftentimes does have something to do with a car. I've been doing a lot of um, interviews for the show with a lot of different women so far, but eventually I'll open it up to other people too. But I think what I've noticed is the trend is a lot of times the stories at the beginning are connected to a car. <laughs> so Yeah, we're funny. at that age range because what else are we really paying for that's super expensive? That's it's right. cars and education. Other than yes. that, most people are now getting to the situation where they might be buying a home or like a condo or something like that. And those yes. are the biggest expenses. They're not cheap things. Even if you buy a used car, it's very expensive. Absolutely. And and people, you know, underestimate how much it's going to be. They're like, oh, it's just $200 a month or it's just this much or that. Uh, the total cost at the end of the day for everything that has to do with that car is not $200 a month. <laughs> <It's> a <lot. laughs> Um, that's very true. So you mentioned um, already a little bit about this, but I want to talk more about it. You and your husband are now debt free. Congratulations, because that is woo, that is a huge milestone. And for those of you who are not already following Sirenis on her Instagram at Poise Finance Lifestyle, you have to go check her out because she has the most Dominican ass video when she got that free. Her kids were playing the guira and the drums like we that free. Hey, with platanos in the frame. Everyone's like, is your husband Dominican? I was like, no, but you know. He's learning. He's learning. Oh, I was <laughs> cracking up when I saw that video, literally laughing out loud, cackling when I saw Platanos come out and the flag. I was like, I'm done with Sirenis right now. She's so Dominican right now. Can't but help anyway, it. <laughs> you know, exactly. It's in your blood, girl. But, you know, that is such an important moment for you guys. I love that you made it fun for you involved your kids and everything and to make it uh, something that you will never forget. You put the video online. But obviously before that video and before that moment, it was not always so exciting and so cheerful. There were some sacrifices and there was a lot of stuff that you guys had to put in place on systems and stuff to be able to actually pay off the debt. So can you tell us about what it was like to get out of debt and also together with someone else? Because I got out of $20,000 of debt by myself, but you paid off so much more than that and you did it combined with your husband so what, what was that like to be honest it was very difficult in the beginning because we were just dating and I had to cut bring up the conversation about debt because I was in the financial service industry I was working at Ameriprise and they're very upfront with you when you're working in the financial service industry they tell you if you want to help people with their finances you can't file bankruptcy it doesn't make mm -hmm. sense. If you can't handle your finances, how are you going to help other people with their That's finances? Right. That's right. And it is. So I had to tell my, my fiance before we even became fiances, we were just dating and talking yeah. about becoming more serious and getting yeah. engaged. I had to tell him like, hey, you know, I graduated my, with my finance degree. I want to be in this career. I truly do want to help people. We cannot file bankruptcy. So 
we need to start talking about our debt. And I know it's a really hard conversation to have, but he was pretty open about it. He um, started doing research about Dave Ramsey and he started realizing, okay, I can pay off my debt. I have a, I can get a side hustle and start paying off this debt. So what he did is he worked for, um, he does UXUI at that time. And he got a school where he could do part-time work and that allowed him to push all of that income towards his student loans. That's what he had. I had student loans as well. I didn't have the new car at that point. And he had a car that was not that expensive. So we started working on actually crushing our debt before we even got married. So one thing a lot of people don't know is by the time we cash flowed our wedding um, and we actually had our wedding, we were debt free. We paid for the wedding in cash. And now we were, we went to the Dominican Republic to go celebrate our honeymoon and people yeah. didn't even realize why we were so happy. We we're like, yo, we just accomplished like a lot. Huge. Yes. A lot because a lot of people go into debt for their wedding. Do you know, and to be able to pay off your debt and pay off your wedding, that was a big accomplishment for us. We were super excited. And I know that it's hard because some people are like, well, how'd you do it? Like, you know, there's little micro tweaks that we were doing along the way, because even especially when you're saving for something expensive, like a wedding or you're paying off debt, there has to be micro changes in your whole life, in your lifestyle. You know, we had to learn how to start managing our finances together. That was one thing that we wanted to do. If we're going to be married, we need to know how to manage our money together because my debt is your debt. Your debt's my debt. What we do does affect one another. So that's when we started implementing the high five banking method, which is having a separate account for the purpose. And one of the first accounts that we did is we opened up a joint checking account for to pay all of our bills. And then we had an account specifically for our joint emergency fund, which really helped us to feel comfortable when while paying off our debt. And we also made our short term goal to be uh, saving for our wedding. Because again, it's nice to be budgeting together, but I need to see what's really going on, you know, in the uh, account. Yes. I don't uh, want just to be talking about finances. I want to see the finances and action, see the money. Words. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be just walking the walk. I want to be talking the talk and walking yes, the walk both at the same right. time. So that was one way for us to be very clear and open with each other uh, about the financial situation that was going on. I could clearly see that he's contributing towards the bills, towards the emergency fund, towards saving for the wedding. And it was the same way for me. And then we both had our own lifestyle account at that time because we still wanted to have a little bit of fun, you know? You got to do your thing too. Uh, separate have, from the marriage, you still are Sirenis. Yes. You still have things that you like that. And he has things that he likes. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we need to do a few happy hours to reduce the stress, a few date nights here and there. Not like we used to do because we, at that point before, before when you're not looking into your debt, you know, you probably go on more date nights than you usually would have been allowed to yeah. do. But then yeah. when you get on a budget and you're very strict with your finances, you're like, okay, I can still go on a date night. Just not as many as I used to go on. <laughs> And that's when we started seeing, okay, we're starting to get a gist of how to actually manage our finances and create a lifestyle around this. And then when we started having our kids and I quit working and he wanted to start his own business, we started realizing we need to bump up our emergency fund, you know, just because one financial expert says to only have a thousand dollars or one month doesn't mean that we need to stop there. We need to continue building this. So we paused paying off any more debt. 
um, we oh, we had the cars at that point, and we decided yeah. let's build our three month emergency fund. Let's get more secure because again, if you want to become a business owner, you know you never know where your income's yeah. going to come. Things change, That's right. and, and one thing that you need that backup exactly. money for exactly. Yeah. And the craziest thing is that once we paid off our student loans and my husband's car, we only had my car left over. Um, we started the business, and what we realized was we have to pay healthcare now. And healthcare actually oh. ended up being the same amount of money that we owed towards debt. And we were just wow. like, wait, what? <laughs> Are uh-huh. you serious? And I was like, we would have never been able to actually afford to start yep. a business responsibly, you know, correctly. Don't think about that stuff. Those are, and that's, you know, it's funny that connects back to the car. It's the hidden costs that you didn't necessarily like foresee. You didn't really think about, Oh, well, I'm gonna think we're gonna have to pay this health insurance. We're gonna have to pay for these things. You don't really think about it until the moment comes. You're like, Oh crap, we need to pay for health insurance. How much is that? And you don't yes. even know. Yes. So we started seeing the cause and effects. We're like, wow, there was a big deal that we actually paid off, prioritized paying off our debt. This allowed us to start our businesses and have health care because that's a really big expense when you're a business owner. And then eventually, you know, go back to paying off the rest of the debt. And that was one of the biggest things that we started learning, that there's a lot a lot of hidden costs, like you said, and a lot of lessons that we still don't see until they present themselves. And that's a big thing for us. And that was one of some of the biggest challenges that we had while paying off debt on top of dealing with family emergencies. You know, a lot of people create a plan to pay off debt and they think it's going to come off smoothly. I'll pay off debt Mm -hmm. and be done. Save my emergency fund and be done. They don't realize that life can also get in the way. You know, my son was um, he was diagnosed with a heart defect. So when I found out when I was pregnant. I found mm-hmm. out that we were going to need he was going to need a open heart surgery either right after oh birth or oh 6 to 12 months later. So oh. it was a super stressful time because you know we're we're thinking that we're being ambitious and we're working hard. Yeah. We started our businesses, yeah. we're paying off debt. We're in such, you know, uh, a fast it's, motion and God's like life's going to come hit you. Better be prepared, you, never, you know. You never want to you never like um anticipate yeah. that that's gonna happen to you, that something's gonna go wrong with your pregnancy or that something's gonna your child's gonna need something surgical or something like that. Like you just don't think about like that coming. And that's why that emergency fund is so important because if yes. something you never going to happen at least you have the cushion there for something like that that you could never have imagined. Yes. I pobrecito. I hope everything is okay with your son now. Oh yes, he had an amazing surgery. It went perfect and more more better than perfect. It was amazing. But the thing that, you know, we didn't realize was that um when we first found out he was he was diagnosed with um tetralogy of Fallot. That's what the heart condition's called. We were like, "Wow, we need to save for this." You know, because we know it's coming up. This is going to be very expensive. These are situations that are coming up. And what we did was we saved for it in our short-term goals account. You know, you have to think about this is hotel um, food. We were going to go to, we went to children's hospital in LA. So we weren't going to be there. The hospital, they, they ask actually ask you for your money up front. They're just like, okay, uh, we need uh, to pay for the surgery for at least the first day. 
Wait, what? So they're playing. Oh my goodness. They they ask upfront for at least the first day. So it's like wow. very, you know, emotional. These are things that you go through while you're on your debt-free journey and in journey in life in general. And one thing that we hit were a few extra roadblocks along that same time frame. When the surgery did come, my father-in-law passed away a week before my son's oh my surgery. God. And that entire month was a wash. My husband is an entrepreneur, so he wasn't able to work that entire month. So that was no income for an entire oh, month. That's like what we're going through now for like a lot of people, you know? Yes. So sure, it's sure. a lot of stuff going on in a very short amount of time. And us really positioning, pausing our debt freedom to save and make sure that we're being realistic with what life's throwing at us was a big lesson that is not really discussed in the debt-free journey, you know, community or a lot of people and they're talking about finances. They avoid talking about, you know, the emergencies or the hiccups that can arise during your financial journey. And that was something that we learned. You know, we have to be flexible. We have to be realistic. Things do have to modify and be changed sometimes, you know, and you just have to be open-minded to it. Just take it in and be like, okay, I'm in this situation now. How do I approach it? And just keep pushing forward. And the crazy part is, you know, we lived, we survived. My son's good. We had the money for it. We didn't have to go into debt. We had our emergency fund. We had our short-term goals account to pay for all of the surgery and everything like that. And once things started calming down, you know, we got our first uh, tax refund, which we've never gotten tax refunds ever in life. We always owed money. But this was the first time we we got a tax refund. We were just like, mira mira esa cosa. The same amount that I owed on my car. No. I'm the exact like, same dollar amount that you had to pay for the car was given to you in your taxes? Yes, that was remaining. Oh I was just like, this is ridiculous. It's out of control. So I was like, okay, you know, God understood that we had a roadblock. And because we were so persistent on listening to him and following our gut, yes. you know, he still congratulated us with becoming debt-free. Wow. So it's like, you know, the lessons that you learn, you're just like, you have to go with the flow. You cannot be so aggressive and be like, I need to do this no matter what. You don't know what life is trying to teach you. That's right. And it will still come back to you. You know, the goals that you're trying to achieve, they will be achieved in the right timing. It's just a matter of time. You you said you want to do it in three years. Maybe you was going to do it in five years, but it's still going to get done. You know, like that. Exactly. Good. And that's the thing, too. Even if it takes someone else three years, don't worry about that. Right. doesn't matter if it took you three or five years or even 10 years. You're doing it on your time. Yeah, focus on And you. your lessons will be learned and you will focus on what you need to do. I love that. So that was, those are the biggest things I learned. And I hope a lot of people listen to it because yeah. it's, it's true. It's real. These things happen. Yeah. So we have to be flexible with our goals. That is a great point. I mean, especially right now, like as we see this coronavirus changing the economy, I, I am the type of person that I learned the hard way because I never had money saved up. I never, I was paycheck to paycheck. Then I had $20,000 of credit card that because of my reckless spending in college and because I didn't know how to use the credit cards, um, I was just making minimum payments thinking everything was going to be okay. And then I finally like got, got myself together, fixed my money situation. And once I learned how to do money right, I was like, I'm not going to go back to that place where I was stressed out all the time, where I had no idea. If somebody asked me, Danelli, how much money did you spend on shopping this month? I would be like, I don't know. Or how much money did you spend on your groceries and food this month? I don't know. 
I, I want to be able to say, I know exactly how much I spent. I could tell you right now, if I don't know off the top of my head, I could find it on my, on my budget. I can tell you, I wanted to know, I wanted to be in control and be in the know. And now I'm the crazy person that has like eight months of rent and expenses and groceries and bills in my savings account, because I don't want to ever find myself in a position where God forbid I lose my job or something terrible happens and there's a medical emergency and I can't work and I have to go to the hospital or whatever. I am not going to be freaking out and going back to that place because of not saving. So I stack up that emergency fund more than most people because I'm crazy like that. But it's, it's, it just goes to show when, when life throws you crazy things left and right, it depends right, how you are able to handle it. So I thank goodness, you know, a knock on wood, I haven't lost my main source of income during coronavirus. But even though if I did, I would be okay because I prepared for the worst by stacking up all the money that I could have spent shopping. I could have spent it on going out. I could have went to visit you guys in San Diego. I could have done a lot of things with my money and instead. No, trust me. I hear you. <laughs> because I think my grandma was like, when are you coming to Santo Domingo? I was like, grandma, I can't right now. <laughs> and you, you got to be on hold. You know, you got to be mm -hmm. honest. Hey, I can't right now. You know, it's not the right timing. It's, I have a family of four. It, things change. You know, it's not like it yeah. used to be where it, it was just me. I could just hop on a plane or my parents were paying for the flights. And I was like, you know, I have more yeah. responsibilities. And I think when you're yeah. honest and open with people, especially your family, they, they respect it. Like, you know what? I know what that's like. I've been in that situation, especially when you're a young parent. Grandparents are like, oh, mija, you don't know nothing yet. <laughs> I understand completely. I know how money gets. It, it, I understand. So that's one thing that, you know, I tell people, don't feel ashamed to even tell people, you know what? It's not my budget. It's not, that's not a negative thing. If people think that's negative, that's their mindset that needs to be switched around. Smart thing to say rather than trying to pretend you can handle it and then put yourself in more financially bad situation because you're trying to pretend that you can do things that you know financially you're not you're not really ready to handle them right now exactly so you got to be real you got to be honest with yourself and with other people um I, I love that and for you guys for context um Sirenita and her husband paid off over ninety nine thousand dollars of debt together which I mean, and again, I think a lot of people when they hear big numbers, like they get like all crazy, but, and it, it's a lot easier, the more money that's coming in too, you know, like Sirenis already said, her husband is in UX, UI. When you do things like uh, tech work or engineering or doctor or lawyer, um, I had Cindy on the show before from Zero Based Budget. And when you have, when you have a high income, Cindy was able to pay off 200,000, right? Sirenis and her husband were able to pay off 99,000. So if you also think about cutting expenses, being realistic with yourself, saving up money, but then also you got to get creative about how you can increase your income at the same time like Sarenis and her husband started side hustles they have their businesses like you sometimes you know you go to work you come back and you're tired but that's those are the moments where you have to push yourself and say I know I'm tired but I'm gonna get up I'm gonna do like 100 jumping jacks just to wake myself up and I'm gonna go online and I'm gonna do my thing because that is eventually what's gonna help you to really break the cycle and to get into a place where you are financially stable exactly exactly and that's what we had to do nothing new just actually had to do the work and it's not fun Again, it's not fun. It's hard when you're seeing everyone that you love and care about on social media going on vacations, buying new cars, oh. buying houses, having kids, and just, you know, living the best, their best life that they always wanted to live. But then you're just like, I'm not there yet. And that's okay. But then when I do start living my best life, I know that I'm not faking it till I make it. I actually am being yes. realistic with myself. I'm being my true self. 
And you're going to feel much better knowing that you can afford to do what you're doing. You're not going to be like stressed out after you went on vacation. That's happened to a lot of people. They go on vacation, they come back stressed out. Their car breaks down right after they come from vacation. They go to the mall. Now they have a bill that they have to pay. You're like, oh, I'm stressed out. It's because you have to prioritize, you know, the most important things, which is your bills, your emergency fund, and making sure you're protecting yourself in the future. And then start, you know, planning out your goals, your long-term, short-term goals, everything else, because that those things are are luxuries, realistically. Take care of the mandatory things. Yeah, and I love how you said um, that you're not faking it until you make it because I noticed that even with my friends and stuff that I've, when I was younger, I would see on Instagram taking trips to Cuba, taking trips to here and there. Like when, when the travel to Cuba opened up, everybody that I know was going to Cuba, like everybody mm-hmm. and posting pictures about it on Instagram. And I was like, you know, yes, I have the money for that, but I had these very specific goals about investing and maxing out my Roth IRA and, you know, just saving more. Cause I wanted to hit eight months of saving of eight months of monthly expenses before I started to spend any money on fun things like that. And so everybody was like, but Janelle, you have a misbe helpful. You talking to people about money and you can't afford to go to Cuba just because you can afford it. It doesn't mean it's a priority. And you know, that's that- very true. That's why I, I like what you said, because it's it's about those things that you slowly change. I think the the term that you used that I like was micro tweaks, micro changes, because mm-hmm. just that small little change in my mindset was like, yes, I could pay for this trip, but I'm prioritizing something else over that. So that little that little tweak in my mind allowed me to just keep on going with my goals instead of going you know, to a Beyonce concert, going to Cuba, going to all the things that I wanted to do. And I, I didn't do them because I, I prioritized something else. Yeah. Adulting, (laughs) but but at the same time, look who is coming. You know, we're the people that people are realizing that we made the sacrifices and we're better positioned because of the sacrifices we made, you know, especially during times like this or even any difficult time someone's going through. You know, we're able to maneuver and handle these situations with poise in a more gracious way than stressing out, being anxiety, fighting old people at the grocery store because, you know, we've been more, we've been seasoned. We've been preparing for this slowly but surely. Yes, I love that. I love that so much. And as you guys can tell, just in how seamlessly and like just naturally Sirenis mentions the word poise over and over again because that is what her brand is all about that is it it really is about doing it in a certain way without stressing yourself out without panicking and that is I definitely get that vibe from your whole uh, platform which is definitely something that I love about it and love about you as much as you do have that energetic personality you're also still very calm when it comes to explaining things and talk about things in a way it doesn't you doesn't you don't have to get panicked and crazy about it so um <laughs> uh, for for to wrap up for my last question before we do I want to let Sideni share where everybody can find you. I know that you also on top of the Instagram have YouTube and have a blog and have all these amazing things. So where can people find you if they wanted to tell you that today watching you or listening to you inspired them? Definitely find me on Instagram, Poise Finance Lifestyle. You can also find me on my blog, thepoiselifestyle.com and also on YouTube, The Poise Lifestyle. 
Awesome. The poised lifestyle. You guys heard it from Sarenise herself. Okay, so Sarenise, here is my last question. If um, I'm going to go on Photoshop and I'm going to take away George Washington's face and I'm going to put your beautiful face on the dollar bill. And then on top of your face is going to be your money message or your money mantra. Like every time somebody touches the dollar or every time somebody has money circulating or transacting, you want them to see this message on the dollar. So what is your money message going to be? It would be to spend with purpose. Mm, spend with purpose. I love that. All right. I'm going to put that on your dollar bill and I'm going to tag you and I'm going to share it. And uh, everybody take that with you from this episode is spend with purpose, right? Every time that you're putting money towards something, really ask yourself, is that what you want to be doing with your money, where you want to be going? Is that aligning with your, is that aligning with your goals? And uh, is that going to help you get where you want to go? And maybe that's, Maybe it's a no, or maybe it's a yes, but really asking yourself is how you're going to become more mindful about, about your spending. I love that. Exactly. That was a good question. That's how I'm going to end them all. And then I'm going to have a collection of all the dollars with all these Ooh. amazing messages on them. I can't wait for that. Um, all right. Thank you so much, Sireni. This was so fun. I love this. I love your energy. I love what you're doing. Um, you're just like such a fabulous mom. Every time I look at you on Instagram, your kids are juicing, making carrot juice with you. I'm like, oh my God, they're so cute. I love it. <laughs> thank you so much. So just keep doing your thing and, uh, and have an amazing rest of your weekend, love. You too. Bye.